dad bod rap pod today we are too legit to quit dave ma is not here he's uh recovering from hernia surgery but we wish him the best my name is damone carter aka dim one i am joined here by the acting hard again in his cardigan, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? Oh, you know, pretty good. Um, I love the little rhythm we're establishing where like we just don't come if we get sick. I- I'm here for it. Yeah. Keep your contagion ass at home. Totally. Uh, nobody needs it. And I don't know what's going to happen when I get sick because no one will be here to record the show. That's but true. We'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. That's true. Your health, you are the Cal Ripken of podcast production dude when i was in baltimore um there's hella shit named after cal ripkin is there yeah it's just like he's that guy yeah and um when i was in san diego a couple years ago i noticed there's um who's the ted tony gwynn there's tony gwynn but then there's also this old school baseball player with the red ted williams Okay, there's from like the Red Sox. Ted Williams, too. I guess he, he's, he's from there. He's from there? Yeah, okay. he's, he's from the San Diego area. What I love about Ted Williams, now that we're in a Ken Burns um, baseball podcast, is he cared about hitting so much, he would like do like phantom swings in the outfield. Like He just didn't give a shit. About like, playing the field? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was just kind of stand, standing out I there. there's and, a lot of time when you're playing the field. Or exactly. There was when I was in Little League. Absolutely. No, it's still like that. Baseball <laughs> is still as boring as it's ever been. And so I always think about that when I'm supposed to be doing something, and I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'll make a playlist. That's me. That's me phantom swinging in, right. the, in uh, the field. Ted Williams could you know, just focus exclusively on hitting, much like the Warriors are just going to focus exclusively on playing offense. And losing. For this year. And Let's losing. do it. Every, every, win is a, uh, every win is a loss. That, that's true at this point. We're going for the number one pick. I would say this, though, um, and this may still be true when this podcast comes out. I think this is the most entertaining losing team in some time or or maybe i'm that much of a homer but i i can find entertainment value in a two and right now two and 12 basketball team yeah i think i one i haven't really been i've been like enjoying my time off yeah you know what i mean yeah. as a fan it's Sabbatical. like i watched pretty religiously the last couple of years so i was just like ah you know it's thursday night and I'll dude watch the a movie eric pascal movement get with it he's he it's seems here. to be a keeper and we'll figure yeah. out who else is through the time but yeah i mean the warriors have always been fun even when they sucked like right. that's the that is it's a great Ball, time essentially out. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very bad joke but yeah. yeah yeah so so our basketball team is is trash um hip-hop is still alive and well um and we like you mentioned we're just uh banging out episodes here and of late, we've had some pretty cool experiences that have, like, bled over into real life, like, out of the podcast world. Um, and so I know you had a chance to go see a taping of The New Negroes. You I can did. say I can say it. You can. Yes. I'll, when I point, yeah, say it. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm ready for you. And you, you ran into uh, Open Mike Eagle. Yeah. Well, more like lurked after the show in an attempt to speak to, in a successful attempt to speak to okay. Open okay. Mike Eagle. So here's the show. This is, I thought, very interesting. Um, it was in Santa Cruz, which is about a 40 minute drive from where we live in San Jose. And I actually went to college there. So I was somewhat familiar. I went to my old college sushi spot and I was like, what were we doing? It's trash. It's, it's, it's white people sushi. Absolutely. So Santa Cruz is famous for that. There's so much cream cheese. Like, like Lucia was looking at the menu (laughs) that Lucia is my wife and she's like, why is there cream cheese in everything? And I'm like, I don't know. They had brown rice sushi. 
<laughs> like when they put vegetables in it, they weren't like a like thin julienne. Like it was yeah. like a fucking hunk of shiitake mushroom. That's it was dope. so interesting. I like, and it was funny because I'm a very quiet dinner go outer now like lucy and i will talk but if there's like interesting people around us we'll just kind of like walk into eavesdrop ear hustle like, yeah 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 and so there was a fucking huge loud group of like flat brim bro dudes and their mm. wives and kids out to dinner okay and i was just fascinated by them like we left the restaurant and she was like what was the deal with those people and i'm like they're so confident. Yeah. Like, they just are who they are in such an Mountain unapologetic way, showing dude. Yeah. It was fascinating. So, anyway. Okay. okay. Fox Racing, shut up. The coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. One of them had a Fox Racing hat. In- independent uh, <laughs> yes. trucks. Yes. Um, representing pretty strong. Um, oh, the man. The comedy venue is this converted movie theater um, that now hosts comedy and live podcast tapings but it still has all the trappings of the movie theater which where's this it's um it's on like river street like okay, in between okay. river and front in that kind weird that like downtowny um, north of downtown yeah okay yeah like just behind the downtown got you um so we were super early because we go to everything early because we're washed so right we, i was gonna say white but go ahead yeah that, that too uh, <laughs> my dad always taught me if you're you're late if you're not 15 minutes early which yeah, i actually now it. think is its own kind of imposition but yeah you know yeah um so we um went to dinner we actually went shopping because there's a trader joe's in the facility yeah that's what i'm about we, to say like, right went, there by we trader went, joe's we went to trader joe's this okay this is so boring and i don't mean to like unhip hop it this far but we do what we want on our own podcast that's right there was all this weird stuff we don't have at San Jose Trader Joe's. So, like, I mean, admittedly, really? I was high, but, like, I was tripping out on their Trader Joe's. Like, they have, like, next-level non-dairy um, milks and, like, okay. all these different, like, prepared foods that we don't have. Like, really? Yes. It was fascinating. Okay. I'm like, do they use the open-minded, like, kind of, like, granola-y nature of Santa Cruz to test new products? Maybe. Or is it just, like, a size of Trader Joe's kind of thing? Huh. It was bizarre. Okay. Okay. So we bought some weird stuff, and you can't really buy that much stuff because it was cold that night, but not that cold. And I was going to leave it in the car for like two hours while we go to this comedy. This show. is this is what happens when you become an adult. Yeah, these are the kind of people. These are the kind of things you, you have to think about. Yeah, will uh, my hummus go bad? Exactly. Yeah, and I'm like very liberal about food safety stuff. I don't really care about that much. But that's another <laughs> another show. Iron Gut LeBlanc, Dad yes. Bod Food Pod, yeah. Episode One. Coming soon. Uh, what expiration date? Okay. Yeah, smell, exactly. Smell test. Oh my god. Um smell test never fails me. Yeah. Um except for when it does. The <laughs> so we go and I thought it was just going to be in the lobby of the theaters cuz there was this little stage with two lights on it and I was like is this it? There's like six tables. I don't know if you'd ever go see comedy but like I never want to be the person they talk to from the that stage. close. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. a, I'm a balcony kind got of guy you, like got I, don't you. Want, I don't want to be involved got you. in the show because you are the guy that the comedian picks on <laughs> off top it's possible yeah. i look like a yeah. big old nerd so that, yeah. that would definitely be a possibility yeah so i go i peek in the security guard's kind of like what and i'm like oh we have tickets to the late show but we're just kind of seeing what we've never been here before so we're right. just seeing what the deal is and like he's like we're clearing it out and we'll we'll open the doors up later but baron vaughn Mike Eagle's comedy partner was just mm-hmm. standing there, and I know what he looks like. Right, so I was just like, right. oh, shit, Baron Vaughn's just like standing there. So I'm like, this is going to be intimate, okay. whatever it okay. is. So we went away for a little while, and then we came back when it was about to be showtime, and um, a, a Mike Eagle fan was just like waiting in the lobby to get his record signed. Sure. They walked through, they chatted, and then everybody went upstairs, and then the show started. The front 
two rows of the movie theater were the only people who were there. It was a 9.30 Saturday night show, and according really? to Mike, told me later, the first show was cracking. Okay, okay. But they, they the might have show. overextended a little bit Got for you. Santa Cruz. Okay. By the time we left, like maybe like 15 people had filled in a couple of the rows behind, but like this was an intimate comedy so show. So less dude. than less than 50 people? Less than 20 people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So in a movie theater okay where, Side, there, right, where right, there's right. no green room so as like this their whole show is based on like baron and mike hosting it and mike kind of like playing beats on his little laptop and, right like, right like baron doing like improv bits in between and when they would uh introduce the next comedian they would just go like behind a curtain and then like they'd wait for like 10 seconds and then they would just walk out of the <laughs> movie theater like the same way everyone came in and they were they were riffing on it and like, right, right, talking right. about it and it was so funny so um, the most huh. hip hop thing that happened in the show was Mike did two songs. So oh, like just, for his okay. set, he doesn't okay. do comedy. He does his song. So he did one of the songs from Brick Body Kids, okay. Still Dream, and then he did another song that I didn't recognize. And he was sitting at the computer and like doing effects on his voice and like put starting and stopping the beats. Interesting. It was very interesting. It was like a sit down rap show like one of the only huh. ones i've ever seen in my I'm about life. to say is that and that's he, a he new was kind special. of again like the, the people who were there were a comedy audience so he was kind of like he was like just doing his show but right. like in the, right. in the shortest version and he's kind of talking about he's like so that was a rap song yeah and like i have one <laughs> I more rap it. song yeah. and he shut his eyes while he was performing his his songs and oh, like wow he got into it but okay. it wasn't like a full-bodied like right you right. know, no one's he, shirt he played was the room. taken off. He played yeah. the room. Okay. Yeah, so it was like a kind of a cont- contemplative performance. So in a way, it's one of the most interesting rap shows I've ever been to. Because you may not be, even if you saw him again, it probably wouldn't be that. I, I don't yeah. know, but yeah. it didn't seem like it. It didn't seem yeah. like a normal performance. And then um, they everybody did their comedy set. They had kind of a local woman from Oakland, and then they had like a really like kind of like more what I would call like a not deaf comedy jam, but like a more standard kind of like okay. African-American okay. style of comedy sure. uh, as kind of an opener. And then Baron Vaughn did his thing. And then the headliner was this woman named uh, Naomi Ekparrigan, who my wife and I are super into. Okay. She's been on Two Dope Queens okay. and a couple of other things. And she is just really, really funny, like observational comedy. And she has a terrifically specific diction like she pronounces words interestingly and interesting she she uses very interesting words i'm super into her like word choice and i just think she's really funny i'm like honestly i i laugh my ass off but nate nate how can comedians be funny if they don't make rape and transphobic jokes (laughs) it's over remember comedy's over everybody was pretty pretty uh open with the subject matter and there was a lot of audience interaction the only time i interacted with the audience was uh uh, Baron Vaughn did this riff about Michael Buffer, and he was kind of like, "Does anyone know who Michael Buffer is?" And I was like, "The Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy." Yeah, right, and right, then right. He did right. like a whole like, "Let's get ready to crumble, let's get ready to stumble, let's get ready to mumble." <laughs> he did like a okay. long thing, and he was like really doing it, like right. he was really going in on it. Improv comedy, totally. Yeah, he riffing, yeah. dude. And his thing is very musical. He kind of freestyle raps. He kind of freestyle sings. He does a what I consider to be kind of like a satire of like an R and B singer, where he he like puts his uh, finger at his ear or his temple <laughs> to like catch a, the note. I, I'm pitching right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then uh. after the show, I like lurked on the side, and then I got Mike's attention, and I told him who I was, and we kind of bro hugged, and he kind of came down, and we talked for a little while, and mainly he wanted to talk about 
um, the solo episode that I mm-hmm. did with Rap Ferreira yep. and kind of give me some of his insights into things that transpired during that time. And he had like oh. fully listened to it and like fully wanted to talk so about it. So you got that, the hellfire unauthorized? Pretty yeah. much, dude. Like I'm not going to repeat what he said because yeah. it, it's not like that, but it's very interesting and okay. like, perhaps might lead to a further discussion at another time. Yeah. And yeah. like, I, you know, Let's I always go. am like kind of like, Oh, I hope you have fun in the Bay Area. Not that I have anything to do with it. Right, right, and right. By that time, it was like eleven thirty, and I wanted to be home so bad, dude. <laughs> like, part of me wanted to be like, "Are you guys gonna go get a drink?" And right. Then I was and just then like, you knew you didn't have it. I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. want to go get a drink. I right. was like, I have to go home, dude. I want to be home now. If you that was are possible. Hilarious. <laughs> You're in the like in that portion of your uh, rap life where it's like Vince Carter, where. They bring him out for like 12 minutes a game, not 15. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, God, he's still doing it. 12 minutes a game. Shut it down. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, okay. That's dope. And, and shout out to experience. Mike. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Mike is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so my my riff has been like, oh, my close personal friend, Mike Eagle. Oh, wow. You know, it's like, yes. you know, now we're, now we're buds. Now we're, now we're, uh, <laughs> we're pod bros. So anyway, that was my dope, cool man. thing. And you guys did a cool thing. We, we also did a cool, uh, real life thing. Dave and I had the opportunity to do a question and answer session with Peanut Butter Wolf. At an event put together by the San Jose Library of all people. They don't know about my fines. <laughs> I was I was trying to keep it low, trying to get that Amelia Bedelia book has uh, run me up pretty pretty tough. But yeah, the San Jose Public Library does a, a bunch of uh, hip hop history month stuff, and they've been doing this for a couple years. And they were able to um, to get Peanut Butter Wolf to come out and basically just talk about his life and his career. And Dave and I had the opportunity um, to kind of just hang out with them. Prior to the Q&A session, speaking of like unauthorized, uh, we got Stone's Throw unauthorized stories, which I can't share on air, but I will be telling at bars throughout the South Bay um, in the coming weeks and months. So, yeah, so we got to hang out with him. He is a San Jose kind of South Bay hip hop historian, like his memorabilia collection, which includes... You know, dope shit. Like, here's a photo of the first time that Dilla and Madlib were in the studio, and it's like literally a fucking uh, disposable camera joint fucking picture. And you're just like, wow, that's. And the story behind it is super dope. But he has so much memorabilia from the time uh, when he got on. So anything from I don't know, '88 to fucking '96 of local hip hop. That's cool. He had he just kept everything. everything. He kept everything. And like this is an era and that's kind of like overlaps with my era. He's a little older than me. But uh this is an era where pictures weren't ubiquitous like they are now. Like you actually had to have somebody who knew how to like develop shit and or had a really expensive camera. So he had all of these pics of like local crews, like it was just it was so dope. I was he, geeking He documented out. it actively and cared actively about it and, and kept it nice. And kept it. Yeah. yeah. So at the library, uh, they had a table where he kind of put out all of his memorabilia. He had his homework assignment where he's in high school talking about, I'm going to start a record label. And I'm lazy and I just want to do things that I care about. I mean, it was, it was wild. It like, was real. Yeah, it was real. It was like yeah. right there. And I was telling uh, Nate when we were setting up today, um, my first paid gig i got paid by peanut butter wolf it was a showcase he put together in 1995 um at a local club so of course i'm coming in 
I want to be cool. Like, I don't want to just launch into my fucking, here's how I met you kind of story, right? <laughs> you don't remember me. So eventually, you know, we're having drinks. I got into the story, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's this one club off of Coleman Street, and you paid me my first, uh, you know, rap money I ever got, and it was dope. And he's like, oh, you mean this? And handed me the flyer. And I was like, wow. That's like, crazy. Yeah, man. I feel, like, seen. That's so cool. Yeah, so we it was... You know, we kind of carried on like that for about 45 minutes an hour. And it was uh, pretty well attended, right? Yeah, so we we went to the library not really knowing what to expect, right? Because what folks maybe don't understand, because you're not from San Jose, is that um, to be, to come from this scene and to ascend to the heights that Peanut Butter Wolf has is such a fucking tremendous leap, especially when he did it. You know what I mean? Like the early 90s, we were a straight non-factor um, in any hip-hop discussion uh, nationally or even regionally. Like Oakland and San Francisco wasn't even fucking with us People like are that. still debating whether or not San Jose is part of the part Bay Area of the Bay Area. Now. Yeah. yeah. So Alviso, folks. Alviso. <laughs> we do touch the water. So it was this, this – I kind of had this apprehension about who's really going to show because San Jose has a real knack for like – not really embracing or celebrating its own in a particular way. We kind of have or like just a, like going out in general or or leaving the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's you know there's kind of a bedroomy quality to our to our cultural milieu. Um, and so I'm all I was a little bit apprehensive. Like who's gonna show? What is this gonna be like? I was prepared to like fucking riff like the the Mike Eagle show. I thought it was gonna be maybe twenty twenty five people. Right. The library folks were a little bit tight because they like. They got fucking King Egg Roll. Like, they went all out. It's, <laughs> like, it's a real thing. For our non-local listeners, King Egg Roll is a legendary spot where if you are at a good party, it always has, like, a tray, like a catering You can get 75 King Egg, King Egg Rolls for 25 bucks. And these and things are, really like, good. Yeah, they're good, and they're, like, seven inches long, yeah, each if, one of if them. If I'm at a party and not having a good time, but one way to change that would be to go stand near the table where the food is and the, eat shrimp the, balls. Yeah, and the glow of King Egg Roll is real. So I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, they really put they put some effort into this shit. And so um, by the time you know we kicked off, there's probably 100-plus people in the room, and folks just kept coming and coming and Who coming. Who went? I feel like it was about 50% were college-age folks um, – what I didn't know, and through kind of chatting with Peanut Butter uh, before the panel discussion, he was really a part of the San Jose State uh, radio station. Mm. And so it was a lot of the folks from the radio the station. The alumni of the radio station. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, like, local knowledge for you guys. Our downtown main library, it's called the Martin Luther King Jr. Right. Library, is across they it's co-operated by the city and San Jose State and San Jose University. State. So, so, so you, ca you catch like a cross section of different of, of college students. That's right. Thank you for for putting that context. So, for yeah, sure. it was a lot of San Jose State students. Um, Peanut Butter is an alum of San Jose State. So a lot of a lot of them came out. But then I would say there was another group that's maybe a little bit older than that that are just kind of stones throw heads like right. people had like real in-depth questions um about stones throw releases and his own uh his weird uh italian falerio falerio yeah. uh alter ego and just these real questions that showed that he has really made an impact obviously obviously he's made an impact in in hip-hop but the fact that san jose showed up for that in such a robust way and was so engaged like we 
we cut off the Q&A and people were lightweight pissed because, you know, folks wanted to ask more questions. Go deeper. People were taking pictures with them. And I think it's hard for me to contextualize. I was trying to tell some folks that night that for San Jose, that's a really big deal. I, I've always felt that Peanut Butter Wolf's impact, at least here, wasn't properly understood. Um, and so to see that folks understood it was super cool. He is super cool. I, you know, yeah. very chill, unassuming, dude, right? chill, super, super chill. Um, you know, down kind of self-deprecating. Was telling you know stories about him and Dilla going to the strip club, and it. Yeah, I mean, just what you might expect, but definitely an affable dude and somebody who um, really is living that dream, man. He's like, I've signed every artist. Like, this is just me, and it's just based on his personal taste. They were like, somebody asked, well, what do you think of the new JPEG Mafia record? And he's like, I haven't heard it. I've heard of him. I hear he wants to spin at my club in, uh, you know, in L.A., but no, I haven't heard it. Like, I don't listen to a lot of stuff. Send it to me. And you know what I mean? And it was just like that. Like, he listens to what he listens to. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a dude. He's a dude who has, like, succeeded. Yeah. In, but, like, it's, but it's really. It, but has maintained, like, a kind of, like, humility mm-hmm. and, like, a kind of self-effacing nature. And who's just, like, very specific about what it is that he likes. You can tell yep. what he likes because you can look at the roster. Uh, and that's what he likes. And the discography. Yeah, absolutely. These are all groups that he likes and him just talking about his journey and kind of how he got um, to this point. Um, and also, you know, just dealt with a lot of tragedy. Um, I know if you've seen My Vinyl Ways a ton. So they screened about 20 minutes of it um, before we did the Q&A. And what's great is when uh, Damn Funk in the beginning um, does this super profanity laced kind of freestyle because um, they told us to kind of you know keep it PG right and then they started the movie I'm like ooh y'all didn't screen the movie <laughs> so damn fuck is on there and he's like motherfuckers in the bay San Jose motherfuckers and we was like ah San Jose motherfuckers and Peanut Butter said he hadn't seen that uh, he hadn't watched a movie in like six years right so he was having How a often moment do you with throw it. on a movie about yourself right right yeah it's it was it was a really dope experience um, as someone who's definitely, you know, followed Stone Star, obviously the work of peanut butter, but also to kind of get more uh, detail about uh, Dilla and Mad Lib's trajectory and flying Lotus was his intern and just, you know, stories on stories. So um, yeah, it's dope, man. Like we're actually, that's cool. Pollying with motherfuckers in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's tight. Yeah. I, I wish I had been there because I would have like made sure we recorded it. I was I was at an awesome like food world event with my wife that we had tickets to for months and ended up staying in San Francisco that night. So I couldn't be there. I was lightweight jealous. Yeah. It was it was yeah. a cool thing to have to miss. I was like, damn, I really wish I could be there, but I can't be in two places at once and I have to live my life. And it's it's cool for you and Dave to do things without me as well. It's like yeah, it's good for you guys when, to bring down. When uh Nate is not glaring over over us with his stick beating us like joe jackson <laughs> we really we really blossom and we really no shout out to dave though because he does kind of do this like oh i'm not the talking on the mic guy and i'm he kind of does this background thing but um they actually uh reached out to dave to host this and yes. he kind of just pulled me in worldwide so, hip-hop journalist david ma yeah yeah that's and my so, best friend yeah, <laughs> off top but like i fuck with dave like yeah. so He's very good at doing things like that. He'll prepare. He'll like yeah, have he good was questions. Prepared. He'll like yeah. you know, 
he keeps it tight. He like, had an intro. It was it was well thought out. He well delivered. Of course, I'm just riffing, and Peanut Butter is talking about uh, the first time that he tried to get a hold of of Mad Lib. He called the number on one of their early Loot Pack records and got his dad. He's talking to Mad Lib's dad, and I'm like, "Who, Dad Lib?" Oh, and, he, and I was like, "Oh." And so I was there in spirit. In spirit. The dad jokes carried over, That's and like hilarious. he looked at me like I can't even answer now. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I probably would have noted that Otis Jackson Sr. was a serious musician. That's who's right. Got collectible records. Absolutely. And that was, was also like probably someone he wanted to talk to at that point. Which is just so wild. Like that's how it started, right? Yeah. Um, so it was a good it was a good event. We were uh, happy to be hosted by the library, and you know I I think there's maybe a future in us for live podcasting. I mean. The shit question mark question mark the shit felt to me anyway super normal it's not any yeah. different than when I'm up here you know what I mean yeah, talking no, totally. talking shit yeah. so I I none none of the three of us have the thing where we're scared of public speaking right so that's a good reason to do stuff like this anyway but it, it like it's not it, it wouldn't just have to be the three of us it could just be in front of an audience we could we could explore that. Yeah, I think we got to make sure. Like, you have to have a draw so people come because yeah, a, a yeah, live yeah. podcast Otherwise, where no one's there is like just the podcast. <laughs> you can always edit in uh, crowd noise. Yeah, um, yeah, and but you know it was interesting to see that the format still works. You know what I mean? It wasn't any different than what we do yeah. on, on here, except you know there's you have a live human being there, so it's a little bit. A little bit spicier. Live in-person interviews are always so much better anyway. So it's an interesting kind of like context there. Yeah. Um, And we want to do more of that as well. Yeah. So rappers, as you hit San Jose, um, we know this is a big stop for y'all. Or Santa Cruz or Oakland or San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Under the right circumstances with a lot of lead time. We could maybe make some things happen. We have some resources for that. But um, yeah, let's take a little pause. You want to take a pause? Yeah. Let's do it. Dad bod rap pod. This just occurred to me in this literal millisecond that podcasting has pretty much taken up the space that magazines used to occupy, right? That's in terms interesting. of in terms of commentary, aren't we kind of there now? Because rap magazines, for the most part, are dead. They used to have a real a real impact. This is how people got their information, how people made um, decisions, what people got pissed about. Um, and now that is completely not true. <laughs> it's funny if you make that all that the criteria. W- hasn't lists on Twitter taken that role? I, I guess more yeah. so than than po- podcasts. You, no, you, you you're never probably right really that. know what people think about an entire podcast. Like every once in a while, like a Joe Budden podcast, sure might take the place of something like that. Um, That's true. But There's it, only a couple. He flagships. was famous before. So that it's more helps. like, what you about know, this fucking? He found his medium. This fucking LP and Talib Kweli. I haven't listened to it. Are I, having a I, goddamn I, podcast? I'm I, angry. I definitely will. Um, to, quote the funny thing about that from like a 
logistical perspective is Quali has had that podcast for like four years. And oh, really? Like, and had like a ton of people on it. No shit. And, and it, you know, nerds, don't quote me if I'm wrong. I know he's had it for a while. I don't know okay. if it's been that long. But the LP episode kind of went like lightweight, viral in our world because we fuck with LP and all, like things, all yeah. the mutuals on Twitter are talking about it. Apparently, it's a very good interview and LP doesn't do that many podcasts. He really doesn't. I know. We've tried. Come on. Um, Come on our show, and he was like, he did a little tweet, and he was like, "Thank you, everyone, for the kind words about like the podcast. Like, it's it's really refreshing for me to be able to talk to someone about my career and the olden days with someone who was there, right? And so right. I, I get why he would want to do that. And I right. I, I haven't l- listened to it yet. Okay, I've been, I've been trying to listen to more podcasts of our kind of like our our mutuals, like our yeah. kind of tier. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that it, it it's time consuming, and uh, a friend who's not a hip hop person turned me on to a podcast called business wars have you ever listened to Biz that wars no it's about like the one i'm listening to is about nike versus adidas uh, and like okay. they do like okay. coke versus pepsi okay. and like i don't know perhaps ford versus ferrari to name a popular film that's out coming right out. now coming soon. um so interesting I, I, I like listening to kind of like the higher level really well produced it's like listening to like classical music from a podcast production standpoint, okay. you're like, I, I damn, you. dude, they had budget and time, yeah, and they yeah. wrote this shit out, right? And they their musical Look, cues anytime, are perfect. Anytime you have the sound effects, anytime they're walking up, and then we walked over to his fourth floor apartment, you got some foley, you got some foley shit, yeah, dude, you, you're out there doing it. I um, love that. Yeah, that's where we're going, guys. That's where this ends up. You're um, gonna hear us walk in on that's right. Santa Clara Street <laughs> here at beautiful Needle to the Groove Entertainment <laughs> Studios. That's right. We're here in uh, amidst all the vinyl and beat making machinery here at Needle to the Groove. Shout out to them for hosting us. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Nate's crib as much as the next guy, but I also love his marriage. <laughs> shout we out gotta, to Lucia. We keep that together. Yeah. Shout out to Lucia yeah, for. No, the, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the show has leveled up since we moved in here. The, well, there's something about like us. Uh, I'm not going to say a seriousness, but there's a hip hoppiness that happens when you're in this space. So yeah. shout out to Needle to the Groove uh, while we're on the subject of, of supporters and uh, folks we need to to shout out. Uh, shout out to Kiki UK. Um, our podcast is syndicated on their network. Kiki.co.uk. Kiki.co.uk. Um, you can find the Dad Bod Rap Pod there, as well as Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all that good stuff. But 65 to 70% of you listen on iTunes, according to our metrics. There's no more iTunes. What oh, is it? whatever. Apple Podcast app. Yeah, so the yeah. Apple Podcast app. Um, I've been avoiding, like it's asking me to do it right now, uh, the update that will take away my iTunes. Like, oh, I, I have that'll so finally... much music on there I don't want to get rid of, and I don't know what to do with it except for drag it onto a hard drive. Fucking Apple, man. Yeah, dude. I thought like they would, I like they would just stop updating it, but no. The new, if you put the new iOS, it like it removes just crashes your iTunes. It, it just yeah, totally takes it away. I, all these things that like you know I got promos of that see, I did not plan see, on purchasing because I have a promo of. Here's my thing: not to get into biz wars of Android versus Apple, but um, they don't do that to you. Yeah, Google but doesn't do that to you. Uh well nobody cares about Google enough. They made a an app that is so ineffectual that I'll never invest in it that way. But this whole shit about Apple and why I got off Apple, it's like a cult leader that's like stop talking to your family. We're doing an update now. Fuck your headphone jack. We're doing an update now. Like it's just this wild shit. I get that it's designed well and you don't get fucking bugs and all that kind of shit, but um it's yeah it's crazy to me that they do shit like that so i i had to migrate off itunes a while ago 
Um, I have these shit stored in some weird hard drive that I swear I'm going to access and organize one day, and I never do. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at right now. We're a million streaming services. We're Disney Plus 17. Um, you didn't order it, did you? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. I mean, we've, we've talked about my feelings about some of the content that's carried there. What I do think is dope, though, is they have these uh, disclaimers now for some of the uh, culturally out, what are they calling it? Outdated cultural outdated references. Outdated cultural references. So uh, we did order it because, like, I wanted to watch The Mandalorian, and my wife wants to watch old Disney movies, which is fine. You didn't do it for the for the fucking Marvel cachet. I've seen all of those. I'm sure I will watch them at okay. some point. Okay. But like, I I see them all in the theaters. So okay. I mean, it's I I suppose once they really got the rights together, if I wanted to do like a. 22 movie like full on Infinity I'll send my War son yeah I'll thing. send my son that, over that would be crazy like I, I do not have that kind of time but if 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 it were they really truly were all in one place and they had it like a playlist set up right where you could just I could just like you know there's like kind of like that hour or hour and a half especially on the weekends where my wife has gone to bed but I'm not ready to go to bed gotcha. yet I could like gotcha. watch all 22 movies in that hour and a half for right like, I thought Six you were saying the something. hour and a half is just the fight sequences in Infinity Wars. <laughs> like, um, so we watched Aladdin, the cartoon version, and it seemed hella racist, dude. <laughs> like, I was like kind of blown away that it was this was cool in the mid '90s. Like, it's it's white people's conception of a fictional Middle Eastern country Re- remember, at a time that doesn't exist. And remember I was just like, Holy when shit. Uh, they did that poll of people? What is the fictional Islamic country? Agrabah. When they when they did that poll of of would Americans be in favor of attacking Agrabah? Yeah, and it was like Trump voters ninety percent. <laughs> yes, it was so I, good. I was, I, so so good. I never wanted to watch the live action Aladdin, but now I kind of do to see like how they handle how, how they switched it up. Yeah. Now I know in what is it? There's that one movie that has the Siamese cat sequence. Is oh, that Lady in um, the Tramp? No, that's. Um, once upon a time oh, in America. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Lady I think it's Tramp. Lady in the Trap. Yeah, we are Siamese. If you yeah, please. Yeah. So when they did, when they updated that, and they I think there's like a Broadway. Now they're version. like, oh, we're Thai, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That has been the Dad Bod Rap. God damn it. <laughs> Nate has an incredible joke involving the country of Thailand that, um, and some teens who were trapped in a cave. Oh once my god, I forgot about that. That. Um, you, if you see him, you should buy him a drink and have him tell you that story. It may, it may not be evergreen because it was connected to an event, but me and Dave nearly passed out. That was um, pretty funny. So it, that's all a rambling way to say, what happened to the fucking source? What happened? Like that, we've been, we were talking uh, off mic about, wouldn't that be the greatest fucking biopic that there will? Been done? I think there will be a source Netflix movie, dude, and I why don't know not? why it has to why be on Netflix. It? No, it does because of it like totally the does. Roxanne, Roxanne, and their like hip hop no, totally evolution. Does. Like yeah. they have a lane for like yeah. hip hop content, absolutely. Um, and then there, it's like there should be a movie. It, it starts in the dorm room with the the guys. A making, movie like, or the a newsletter. Doc. A movie or a doc. Do I you want to see actual movie. dramatic? I think movie. it's a movie. Who plays Benzino? That's a good question. That is a good question, right? We'll come back to that. But yeah, we, we, I'm going to think about that. We we do need an actual biopic that charts kind of the origin story. I don't think anything started. The good intentions that yeah. everything was started with, the meteoric rise to becoming the actual thing that matters. We've we've done some source content on here. We like yeah. the source. Like, yeah. I grew up reading the source. The Absolutely. source was like 
Well, when you... Its name was literal at a time where there was hard to find information. And when you were where we were, you know, kind of tucked away in, like, the suburban community, very far, you know, we're 3,000 miles from New York. And so the source was your outlet for, like, understanding a culture in a way that was, like, deeper than Rodney O and Joe Cooley, right? We had rap out here, guys. It wasn't that we didn't have rap, but we were so disconnected um, from what was going on in New York, Philadelphia, that whole thing. And so the source was like a vital link. And, you know, everybody of a certain age had all kinds. And then, you know, other rap magazines, I think, spawned out of that. But the source in and of itself, especially the mic rating system, was the premier kind of, um, you know, the paper of record in hip hop. Exactly. Right. Yeah. For, For a, a time. time. And then the shit like flamed out so spectacularly, almost in a way it mirrors the demise of actual journalism. <laughs> like, it, it turned into this weird, like, Benzino Fox News right. kind of rag thing that completely lost all of its credibility. Yeah. Um, it's just so amazing. But the reason I bring this up is because this week, um, the source's Twitter account, which they don't have a print magazine anymore, right? Uh, I don't think so. Does anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Does XXL have a print magazine still? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Do okay. they? If you know, please add us at yeah. Dad Rap Pod no. on Twitter. Send us a a photo with holding up the most current <laughs> issue, like how like hostages, hostages have to hold up the day's newspaper <laughs> to prove when it is, or we will cut off Nate's finger. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I'm not sure if they still have a print arm, but they have a Twitter account because who doesn't? Um, and from this account, there was a tweet that went something to the effect of. Um, I wonder when real rappers are going to start rapping, rapping again, um, which is so wild on so many levels, considering the source. Thank you. Um, but it made me think a couple things. Number one, it's kind of like a it's kind of, well, it's a multiple choice test. Was this an out of touch intern who, you know, has not poked their head out of a hole since 96? Is this very well crafted clickbait? Trolling. Uh, trolling, like hardcore trolling. You know, they fully are in on it and know how this sounds coming from that account. Um, or is it like, you know, this, like a real, I mean, is it an honest question? Like, do people, whoever the source constitutes in this day and age, are like looking around and being like, where's the real MCs? Like, is that even a legit question in 2019? Like, uh, <laughs> It, I, there's so much wrong. I'm just gonna dive in <laughs> with both feet. It, it's stupid to say if you pay any attention. Yeah. Like, how about Griselda? Yeah, let's let's, let's just talk start there about Griselda. Yeah, like right. It's like yeah. um, they got a key to fucking Buffalo. I'll People say know. this: J Cole. Sure. So, so you don't know about Griselda. So you're sure. a corporate magazine from 20 years ago. Right. You know who J Cole is. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Rhapsody. Right. 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 It's right. Like right. Just right. like just any number. Like real. Real. Like, actually, we've talked about this on the show before. We 100% believe this. The biggest kind of new star, the shiniest new star of 2019 is DaBaby. Yeah. He's a rapping He's rapping. Rapper. He rapping. Everybody's rapping. rapping. It's like, yeah. it, I, using, I'm, I'm like so pissed about this. I can't <laughs> He's like form shaking. sentences. He's shaking. But use, the, the use of mumble rapper, or I was seeing some stuff today about SoundCloud rapper sure. as like a disparaging term, right. is a little bit like two, three years ago. Yeah. I think people were not able to deal with like the rise of Migos and Young Thug and sure. like some other things, Playboy Cardi maybe. Yeah. 
um, where it's just like that that's already old. Like that tweet might have made some sense then, but Maybe. even at that time, all this that stuff was, still was going on. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so much rapping ass rapping going on right now. It's almost it's like, a rapping ass rapping renaissance exactly, in twenty nineteen. Exactly. So it's just a stupid thing to say. It's very indicative of their time. I think um I don't know if you see this as well, but a lot of times like um kind of legacy either labels or mm-hmm. old magazines, they'll be like, What's hot on the streets right now? Oh my and then God. everybody in our like little Twitter universe milieu will be like, Isn't that your job? Yeah, yeah. It's You're like we're not tell fucking us. telling you. Yeah. It's like you can follow us and steal our like, you know, recommendations or right. whatever, but we're not gonna just literally tell you That's so what funny. you should be covering. You're supposed to tell us. Like right. you're the gatekeeper or you right. were twenty you were. years ago or thirty years ago yeah. or like Whatever. So I, yeah. I think this is somewhat of a a cry for a attention function of that disconnectedness where they're like, maybe it's a ploy to see who they should be covering. And that's like me being charitable. That's being very nice about I, like, I think the I, intentions I wanted, of this terrible I, tweet. I think it's more it's everyone more was devious. like just like piling on them. They're like, Absolutely. fuck you, Ratio. Benzino, ruin, yeah. ruin the source. You have no credibility. Like right. you lost us. 20 years ago we wouldn't tell you if we knew like, right 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 like, right like but yeah i'm kind of like to what end but it did get kind of a lot of uh attention and conversation um going around the source which kind of sent me on on this you know retrospective journey with what the magazine meant um also you know we need to work on a script for the biopic because that that's that's got to happen oh I- I feel like it should be written by someone who was there, but I'm already having a lot of ideas about how I would do it if I were to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Do we trust them anymore? Nah, right? It's like, yeah. it's, is, is. There's a lot of people who were there who were just like wrote for it or like we could get a consultation. Yeah. From some people Couldn't we? we know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're going to work on that next. It. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think it's a fun story, but it, sadly it's at Harvard, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, that's where yeah. they started. But yeah. they, they had a fun rise, and it, they, they actually accomplished a lot of amazing things. It's yeah. just so weird. Like, how would you cinematically portray the, like, Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> thing that happened with Benzino? <laughs> like, it's so sinister. Because, oh, you, you know, know what? would be dope as Benzino if he wasn't way too old for it would be uh, Giancarlo Esposito. I was, okay. I was going to go Terrence Howard. Also, maybe a little too old. Definitely now. too old at this point. God damn it! So we yeah, need a we younger. Need this in the eighties, they would be. Then perfect. they would be perfect. Like, like who's the that of now? You know, that's a great question. Um, and I don't think they actually look alike. I'm just trying to think of that kind of like uh, coiled energy. Uh, the singer uh, Miguel. Okay. Okay. If you like, put Miguel, on, like, let's 50 cross pounds. over. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll put to, you in a Boston Bruins jersey. He has to be uh, Christian Bale it and like gain some weight. <laughs> And and bulk up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing of how it kind of like crash landed, I think, says a lot about um, where the intersection of hip hop and journalism, because the thing with the source for a while was if they gave somebody a shitty review, people were running up on them. Uh, Oliver Wang told us some stories about that in an early episode of the show. Yeah. I think it's like episode 30 something when we had O-Dub on. And he had great stories about, about like yeah. the, the reprisal that your reviews would bring. Now it's just kind of like a basic Twitter shaming. It's yeah. like you can kind of get Twitter yeah. shamed for anything. You really can, but but back then, especially when there were so few outlets, you know, you got three mics, you got three and a half mics, you know, and these cats were on the Eastern Seaboard, moving around New York at a time, and just getting run up on. And so, and and there were so many like 
industry events like Gavin right. conventions right. and CMG conventions and like college radio things and like who was just telling us about oh it was Beans from Anti Pop Consortium mm-hmm. was telling us about those like events no who no I'm sorry this is from a different podcast DJ Muggs on Crate 808 was telling these stories about um going to those listening sessions and those breakfasts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. those like morning zoo radio show mm-hmm. kind of things and he was talking about how you you had to grind like yeah. there was no Twitter to spread the word or exactly like it was person so it was person to person. person to person and that Cypress Hill like put in a lot of hours doing that and they got to where they were because of through a kind of rigorousness it, but that also exposes you to people in a different way so when we think about how does a character like Benzino I don't think in this day and age I'm, I'm not sure who the taste making um, entity is right now. It's, it'd be harder for a Benzino of today to kind of infiltrate and take over in the way that he did. Well, it'd just be funny because each writer and each other editor would have their own like Twitter account and be like yeah. giving the play-by-play play of, of what, what was, was happening. happening. Right. And also, right. It, and I, I don't think this is like a mischaracterization. It's like... I don't think people would like stand for that like shitty energy. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, people, it's like, more transparent now. People in that are way. like, a lot of journalistic workplaces are like unionizing, and they're yeah. very conscious about being like a hostile work environment and right. stuff like that. Like, even Vice, the like bad boys of journalism, had to like they got hire spanked. like a woman yeah. CEO, and like yeah. not that they had to, but they did. Right. And they like they tried to reform their culture after right. many years of being like just like wild, wild shittiness. Yeah, shittiness, yeah. just like getting thrown at the wall essentially they like basically calm down and try to become a real company right and so i think i think that kind of like you know not the professionalization of journalism of journalism the holding yourself to the same standard you hold your subjects to right absolutely absolutely and i think through this this kind of this window of opportunity that existed in the 90s where um you know benzino was really upset that his group wasn't getting more coverage but they were fucking terrible yeah terrible and that's what made this so and which i think would be such a great movie is because suge knight was strong arming people into amazing artists right you know what i mean he was hanging motherfuckers out the window for the benefit of tupac and dr dre right and you know Benzino Even is your like Dazzes and whatnot. Right, right, know, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Benz- Second tier guys are pretty good. Benzino um, is is literally threatening physical harm in order to get. I even forget what the name of the fucking group was. The Almighty RSO. Bad. The <laughs> shit was just. I remember listening to it and kind of putting that story together for myself. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is a thuggy ass dude who kind of has just strong armed my favorite magazine and this is what it looks like you know what it would be interesting about this as a film is that you could write it in such a way so so benzino has motivation that people could understand like every Mm -hmm. striving artist Mm -hmm. has kind of like a like fuck this magazine i'll do i'll i'll beat the magazine he's the kid in the incredibles that ends up being the villain right yes he admires uh, it and then that and that makes for a more compelling kind of story because like he he would have people rooting for him yeah it kind of like yeah there's there's not that many hip-hop movies but probably the best recent hip-hop movie and something you could use as somewhat of an example of the kind of like a proper amount of gloss you'd want to put on this would be straight out of Compton. Yeah. Yeah, pr- yeah. And there's probably old white dudes watching straight out of Compton and going like, they should listen to Jerry Heller. <laughs> Jerry Heller has all this years of experience. Dude, Giamatti made Jerry Heller 
number one, perfect casting, but yeah. he also made you like Jerry Heller more than more you, than you, you more actually than one, liked. More than one should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, yeah, no, I think it could be great because you'd have this dark, brooding kind of figure. We could see some of his, like, backstory to make you kind of empathize with him a totally. little bit. But then, like, yeah. flip it at the end, like, well, wow, he's a real asshole. I w- but, I mean, who's the hero in this? Is it There like, is no hero. There is no hero. That's yeah. kind of like... that. That the movie Maybe. would lack a hero. You'd need oh. you'd need like an idealistic writer okay. who quits and then goes and on exposes. to do something. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, like okay. that that would be the and hero. then goes on and to you, make you malaria tell, nets tell in it, Africa. You yeah. tell the story through their eyes, and then yes. the, the guys who started it would right. be what we need main characters, but not the main character. What we need and Benzino is, would be the main antagonist. The main antagonist. And we whole, need Benzino's whole crew could have casting possibilities. I'm like, Michael Sarah. As as a white writer who never existed there, we bring him through a composite character. Michael yes. Sarah's too old. Everyone needs to be like twenty five, and we God don't know any twenty five year old. Is that actors. what it is? Is that what it? Okay, I'm gonna go there talk to my son. Yeah. I'm a, we're gonna figure out who are the right people to cast for this movie. We we need to be watching that um that show where it's Chance and Cardi B and like oh um, the what is it called the rap voice? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> it's not called the rap voice. What is it called? I don't remember. Yeah. This Making is, the band nine. Yeah. Um, um, no, and, I haven't like seen watch, it yet. And like watching okay. the kids who are trying to become rappers on that and okay. like get a sense of like who is in their age group. You okay. know what I mean? Let's just cast them. They're broke. Exactly. Let's let's get this or going. Everyone who didn't win, right? I guess it's over and someone has won. Don't tell me who won. Yeah. I will watch it at yeah, some I'm, point. No, I, you know what? I hear that show from people who I lightweight trust say that show is good. Totally. Um, And I think that's probably the the way I need to interact with Cardi B in 2019 is more kind of, sometimes I'm like, ooh, if you just never made another record, I'd kind of be cool with, not that I'm anti, but I'm just like, I don't know if we need another record. I love her, dude. I, I just love her think to she's death. so funny. I yeah. think uh, we were just watching some mean tweets thing, um, just like the Jimmy time Kimmel. on YouTube, like just like while we we're when we we're about to go somewhere or something, and she was so funny on yeah. hers. Yeah, like uh, it, it's not really a musical thing, though. I don't turn the radio when her song comes on usually because she's she has such a weird delivery. She's just funny. have you seen have you seen Doja Cat making fun of her? No, I haven't. Oh, you're a big Doja Cat fan, aren't you? I'm, I'm an enthusiast. Yeah. Um, in that Google I, image search enthusiast. I mean, <laughs> she brings a lot to the table. Um. No, I, I'm I'm interested. Well, I got interested in that because she makes fun of Cardi B in such a way where I can't listen to the song. Is she kind of going at her to like try to up her fame level? Um, potentially, but it's kind of like she got a good dig in. I mean, it's like you know when you parody someone really well, yeah. and it kind of makes them look like fucking ridiculous. Yes. Um. Also, she's a better writer rapper than Cardi B, so that's it's kind of it's a it's a easy poke. I've seen I've seen a lot of people saying she can actually rap. I've seen a lot of this album is trash. It is. I've seen a lot. The of, album is trash. I've seen a lot of like all you guys who are praising Doja Cat just want to like get in those draws like that, that there's listen, not really uh listen I can't tell what listen to think. Vic Spencer I do want to get in the draws but um this the new record is is trash she is a good pop songwriter to me okay. she comes out of the same tradition as a Missy Elliott mm, um somebody like high that praise, dude yeah no I think I mean she hasn't made those type of hits but you see because I was a fan of her her previous album me and my son had this long kind of text thread about the new record and when your son's texting you'd be like the best song on there is bottom bitch and i'm like <laughs> i failed as song. a parent 
that I failed, right. but I've also won. You're right. That is the Can best Can I just song. tell a quick story? Um, there is someone like burning up the R&B charts who I've actually never heard of, but I keep seeing people reference him, and his name is Jack Freeman. And that's my nephew's Shut name. Shut the fuck up. So I finally have a good inside joke with my nephew. I was Jack just like, Freeman? Yeah. I was like, Jack, do you have something you need to tell me? And then he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, are you an R&B singer? <laughs> like, do you, do you have like a sideline as like a well-to-do urban R&B singer? And he and was he, like, oh shit, no one was supposed to know. And like, he's old enough. I can rip he with can him. Vibe, vibe. And, yeah, it was that's, great. That, you know what's great about that is in my mind, Jack is eight years old. I'm like, you know what? He's actually grown up. Um, uh, that's he dope. He literally drives. Okay. Yeah. I am retiring from yeah, everything. I, right I know. Now. I know. God it's damn all right. it. We're trying to cast uh, 50-year-old rappers as, uh, you know, 25-year-old upstart magazine editors, so it's all good. <laughs> okay. Our it's Holly- funny that we still think of Michael Sarah as young because we liked him when he was young. That's true. Like, he's still in stuff. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Well, some stuff. I okay. feel like I just saw him in something. Okay. Something Scott Pilgrim unexpected. 9. Yeah. I, I love Scott Pilgrim. Oh, my God. You are my son. What the fuck? I like... Uh, I like... Uh, entertainments that make a lot of references to things that i am into got you and that's that's what hip-hop is man it is it is like over the over Beastie boys over. telling me about sadahara O and like uh you know scott yeah. pilgrim uh when he dies coins fall out of him yeah. not that different yeah yeah no it's very it's very uh reverential i uh, think i like a reference thing and i like it when i get it and i like it even better when i don't get it because it really? teaches me something okay Okay. What is that a reference to? And then I go and do my research. I know okay. that's been like that's why they, since I was a kid. They they said the the solo uh Star Wars movie was trash. But it, I'm like, dude, it explained it's, things that didn't need explaining. And they unless, actually made it worse by explaining it. But unless if you're just trying to get your reference jollies, I'm like, Oh, this is from the other movie. Uh, that, that's but they yeah. took it too far. Did they? Uh, yes. That's can why, you take it, it too far? Yes. They, okay. they proved you can take it too far. Okay. It's actually funny watch it because we were talking about Disney Plus a little bit earlier. I was like, I don't really need to watch any Star Wars stuff right now except for The Mandalorian, which I am enjoying. It's it's a Western, so it's an interesting, interesting. Kind of take on the Star Wars. And you okay. could argue that the first Star Wars movie is a Western. In that well. it's hella boring. They spent a lot, yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. spent a lot mm-hmm. of time walking through the desert. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but Solo made it... There was no time in my life before Solo came out that I believed there was such a thing as too much Star Wars. Okay. And Solo that was Star Wars Overload? That there is such a thing as Star ah, Wars may, Am I just a sucker for Woody Harrelson? Like, why I, do I like that movie so much? It's bizarre that you like that one and of not the, one. the real ones. Like, the good ones. Like, you, you are, you're upside down on Star no, Wars. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a Star Wars uh, uh, kind of traditionalist. You know what I mean? Uh, Empire, if that was on right now, I'd be like, I'm sitting here okay, watching okay, this to the end. Know. You're not completely hard. No, no, no. The the prequels I could give a fuck about. No, no um, one likes that, dude. But, I, yeah, I it's, found... Okay, I, this is... We're probably edging into we shouldn't be recording this territory, but since of the age your kids are, did they watch the prequels first and then the good mm-hmm, movies? Mm-hmm. So and do so, they consider them to be like so part of the... So, me and my son, my daughters won't watch that shit. Okay. My youngest is like, uh, what is her thing? Star Wars is just planes flying in the air going pew pew. <laughs> so that's... I almost spit water all over my laptop. She spit is take. not wrong. She's not wrong about that. She kind of walks in like, oh, this fucking plane's going pew pew, 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 pew. That's all they do. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's an amazing gif. Uh, when Laura Dern was in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. she 
would say pew pew every time she shot it and th- they have no takes where she's not saying it so you can see it in some of the film and there it's it's amazing okay. dude and like laura dern can do no wrong it's so cute when she does it dude. that's she's like, dope pew, pew, pew. I, i'm gonna have to go back it, and, it's uh, amazing and, and rewatch. but yeah my 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 son was into the prequels because they literally came out when he was a kid right so he would watch them and i'd argue with him he'd be like these are trash son you got to realize that these are not no, they're not. You know, you have that kind of generational fight, and now he's like, yeah, they were kind of trash. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting the the amount of nostalgia that's built up in the Disney properties, and I actually think, and we will see as time bears this out, they were always so good about like putting things in the vault yeah. and keeping them off the market. I wonder yeah. if for six ninety nine a month or what what is five forty three if you do the yearly plan, <laughs> they they will have killed that thing. Yeah, that their yeah. company worked no, so no, hard to no. maintain. They, they've done a great controlling job the supply, controlling the content. Because here's 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 the thing, kids. A lot of those shits were not good. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry, like fucking Dumbo and Bambi and shit. Those are not good movies unless you lock them up for 100 years and only let them out every so often. The that, two you named happen to be incredibly sad, so I'm having trouble arguing with you. But it's okay to like songs of the south. Te- well, come on, dude. That's Once like, up, yeah. Come that's on, an man. Easy one. Come on. That's an easy one. And look, that's no, obviously not. Go, on there. go back and look at uh, their fucking characters. Right? Disney benefits from excellent multi generational marketing. Fucking Mickey Mouse was never funny. Fucking. Donald Duck is kind of funny, but you know he's a Trump supporter. You know what I mean? Like you know this. Like you understand this now about him. You know what I mean? Like he he's is mad all the time. He, you, you've got a dog that owned another dog. Is this S and M? What, what are we doing, Disney? What are we doing? Don't think about it too hard, bud. Huh? How can I not? That's How can funny. I not? So, so yeah, I, I, so we'll see if um, the accessibility through the constant availability of streaming not, it's, uh, it's, their their core catalog is, is not that good the mystique they were smart to put the marvel shit with it they they nerd bundled so they're like star wars oh you don't like star wars you like the simpsons or do you like you like marvel the the disney disney yes, shit yes, and yes. the disney disney shit is actually not and trust me, as a parent who kind of was like, oh, I guess you're but supposed they to like these it for you because you had to watch it like nine million. No, no, times, no, no. Right? My kids wouldn't watch that shit. Okay. Like really? when you when you would bring out these old ones, they're fucking boring. They're just fucking boring. Snow White is boring. Like these are boring movies. Fantasia is boring. I, like I, yeah, I, like I, these are boring movies. They're not entertaining in the way that at least what you could say for Looney Tunes is gratuitous violence ages well. Looney you, you Tunes I mean? is a totally different topic, and I, I agree it has aged a little better. I think there's something about the beauty of the hand-drawn animation that is still compelling. Hey, look, Even Birth of a they, Nation is a is a wonderful fucking technical achievement. That don't mean it's good. Like, I get you. It was the hottest shit of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So as we've divulged into a movie podcast, uh, it's probably time for us to wrap it up here. But- we want to make this source movie. So if yeah. you are if you are out there, we're gonna get a treatment together. But if someone should hire us. A twenty five year old ish Latino slash light skinned black male, um, preferably with a Boston accent. Uh, we are looking for you. Um, and then we're gonna need some nerdy whites. We have plenty of those out here, so we'll be good. <laughs> so we, I think, for the writing staff, we can get that together. We're gonna need some guys in like Avarex jackets and stuff to storm the uh, the offices oh before Benzino shows up to show that it was a volatile work environment. Man, I, with I, like the NASCAR joints. Every t- every movie yeah. I want to write, which there's like four or five, I have a stack of um, index cards with scenes on them. 
So I'm gonna start. Oh, I'm gonna shit. start making my index cards about our source movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll get, I, we'll I get hope Dave to be a, in here. Yeah, I, Dave I knows hope. all the the, de- the dirty details. Gosh, this is okay. So I like right. how you uh you guys tune in to listen to us workshop our uh, <laughs> our screenplay idea. We appreciate y'all. Dad bod rap pod on Twitter at dad bod rap pod on Instagram at dad bod rap pod. Hey, I have an idea. What's that? How about follow us on SoundCloud? Follow us on SoundCloud because we're doing numbers. It doesn't really help with the metrics that much, but it's interesting, and I get a little email every time it happens, and it makes me feel good. And also, I think if you fuck with us on SoundCloud, you really fuck with us. Uh, yeah. So this is, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the air before. It's in the the reason we separate the two streams. So we have our streaming streams. Right. That's our RSS feed, and then I have the SoundCloud. Is The SoundCloud number, which I believe is publicly viewable, yep. Um you can see how much the artist who was on promoted. Yep. It's like, our, like it's this, our way to be like, This episode with no artist will have like 12, 20 listens or something right, like right, that. Right, right, Our Rap Ferreira interview, <sighs> 13 Hun and counting. Numbers. Yeah. It's Doing like he numbers. has passionate fans and they click through from his posts where I use the SoundCloud link. Right. So it's very interesting also, for me to I think, I think the Mavi out. the Mavi episode did um, well. will will continue to do numbers. He's, yeah. he's he's active in the SoundCloud space. Totally. I think if you go and listen to some shit on SoundCloud, to me it's a different type of commitment. Like your soccer moms are not like tuning into SoundCloud looking for rap podcasts, you know what I mean? Uh, shout out to the soccer moms who listen to this program though. Um, so yeah, so we're out there. We are in all of the universes. Uh, please tap in. Dave will be back on future episodes to stop us from being so tangential. <laughs> if Dave was here, he would be looking at us like, shut the fuck up. Side eye. Yeah. Yeah. So we miss his side eye and his leather caps, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully he gets better and, uh, yeah, keep, keep it locked to the dad bod rap pod. Thank mm-hmm. you.